Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Rebellious Infusions are organic-flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hi, this is Trent Clark, CEO of Leadership, and he's a serial entrepreneur. I am an international speaker, and most people know me because I am a coach. And I coach in professional baseball for 13 years, coaching in three World Series. I am with my guest today on the Winners Find a Way show with Keith Allen. Keith, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Trent. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm really grateful to be here with you. Man, this is super exciting for me, Keith, to have somebody of your prowess also in an industry that is controversy, right, man? Keith is running in the marijuana space, in the entertainment space. He's an L.A. guy. He is a front runner. He's also been big in the dental. We're going to hear all sorts of stuff about Keith. So I'm super excited to learn more about you, of course, and talk a little bit about the show. So for those who are tuning in for the first time, before we meet Keith, the show is Winners Find a Way. If you have ever faced stiff adversity, felt like the losses are mounting, and you need to find a better way, well, you came to the right place. We talk about on our show and our podcast about getting things right, uh, finding solutions, because winners do find a way. Whether you are already an entrepreneur, an athlete, just looking to be elite, a business person, this is the place for you. And we work hard to bring you some top 1% content. So Keith Allen, tell everyone first, Keith, where they can find you. If I want to find Keith Allen, where are you at? Social media, website, where, where can we get you? You can get me on Instagram at Keith on Trucking. That's Keith on Trucking with the G at the end of it. I need a belt buckle that says that one of these days, someone will get me one or I'll buy it for myself. But Keith on yes. Trucking on Instagram. And that's pretty much where I do most of my stuff. I mean, I'm not huge on social media, but when I do, I, I really do enjoy engaging with others there. Love it. Keith on Trucking. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm following Keith on Trucking. So if you're not, you're the one missing out because you will hear all sorts of good stuff and it is entertaining content and it's informative which is probably what i love about most so let's get to know keith a little bit you are the chief executive officer managing director at round meadow holdings your experienced ceo demonstrate a record of success working with uh, product goods entertainment management industries very skilled in business planning finance marketing startup ventures strategic partnerships and team building strong personal networking skills personal and networking skills. You've launched multiple brands in multiple industries, entertainment to cannabis and all in international successes. Early beginnings as an author and television producer, created sports, comedy, lifestyle, music programming with major television networks. I love this one. This is my favorite. He spearheaded the launch of Gum Chucks. Tell us a little bit about that. That was a huge deal in the dental space, retail. I remember seeing you guys in Target, CVS, Walgreens. Talk to me about 
gum chucks and how you came with that. Well, gum chucks is a really interesting story. So I, around the time I was working in artist management and uh, some of the clients that I used to work with were exhibit during, you know, Pit My Ride and some of those really great MTV shows and the band Alien Ant Farm and with a guy named John Boyle, who really gave me my shot at that and entertainment. He had a company, Boyle Artist Management, BAM Group. I came to that from the action sports industry and I was asked to go speak at a de- at a convention, a business convention in Henderson, Nevada for entrepreneurs. And I had other interests because I wanted to meet some other people that I knew were going to be there, but I did like a 10-minute pitch talking about brand identity, emotional marketing, how people feel about products mm. rather than just what they think, right? For whatever reason, it's not like I went to school for that. I just resonated with it. And I did well in that space. And so people asked me to speak about it. Anyway, I go to this thing and I do my pitch. And afterwards, there's this guy kind of, we use the phrase trolling now. And it wasn't back then, but it, that's what he was doing. He was just kind of following me around and kind of like, what's up, man? You know, interesting character. And he goes, well, he goes, you know, I was just trying to listen to the other advice you're giving people. And I thought I'd pick up on some of it. And I really enjoyed what you said. And I go, yeah, are you hungry? Let's go sit down. And we were at this place. It was just kind of this the, this restaurant bar area where everybody was networking in. And we sat down at this little table and started having some food. And he had an idea for a healthy fast food restaurant. And the end of our talk, 45 minutes to an hour, he, he broke out these two sticks and started flossing his teeth with them. And I'm like, that's a little odd, but you know, I'm yeah. curious. <laughs> like, because he's flossing his teeth. Here at the bar, you know, that's never right. like floss right. their teeth at the bar, right? Looking around, like, oh my God, are people watching us? You know, and then I go, what is that? And he goes, well, he goes, you know, I don't like, I don't like to put my hands in my mouth, but I have to take really good care of my hygiene. He knew uh, he had whatever reason he had to do it for. And, and he, so I, and I invented this little thing because I don't like to put my hands in my mouth. And, this is pre-flossing picks. And I said, well, that's really interesting. And I said, you know, let me see those. And I, you know, I, I had no shame. I, I took them from them and was looking at them and had some sanitizer to wash my hands with afterwards. But anyway, I was really impressed with the fact they look like miniature nunchucks, you know, the Japanese fighting weapon, oh, sure, right? Sure. But I said, they're for your gums, call them gumchucks. And it was this laughing aha moment. It was one of those little things, those little moments in life. And this is this plays to a bigger philosophy of, of mine in life, which is these little moments that come big deals, right? That was one of those moments. And I couldn't stop thinking about this and that just this experience I had with this guy. It was really kooky. And I think it was like 6,000 bucks a head to get into this thing. And he kind of snuck into it and was living in his van in the parking lot. Like this wasn't a guy that had a lot of money or business yeah. experience or anything. He just had this cool idea. Anyway, long story short, I get I call him up two weeks later and I go, dude, I can't stop thinking about this. And because I was in entertainment, I had some friends at DreamWorks and illustrators. And I, I came up with this whole idea for a cartoon series called Tonsil Town. It takes place in the mouth of an international super spy traveling around the world eating exotic foods and, <laughs> and characters like Count Placula. Ninja Vitus. This has got you up at night. This has got you up at night, man. Oh, yeah. Kept me going. And I created, and so I go to these artists and I had them create these cartoon characters that were just DreamWorks worthy. I mean, they were just incredible looking characters. And we created trading cards for them and they had bios on the back that were all kind of puns and fun on the play of Tonsil Town and Gumchucks. Anyway, long story short, we I invested in the company, helped get it going. I raised some additional capital and we created a company called Oralwise. And I ran the company for seven years and we got it into 5,000 retail stores around the world. Wow. So it, it was just a really cool experience. And I, I'm so grateful for that one because yeah. it, prior to that, I was in entertainment. I'll be honest, I didn't have, well, at the time, in retrospect, I didn't have the business experience that yeah. I thought I had yes. until you go to boot camp, right? 
Right. So. You went to entrepreneurship level 400 and you skipped the other 300 levels, right? You're like, I'm in, like, let's go. And you're like, oh, should I go yeah. these basic classes? No, I became very familiar with the phrase gaps in management. So I needed yeah. to fill those quickly. I, I went through a lot of really great life lessons in that company that really yeah. set me up for everything I did afterwards. Well, and then let's go afterwards. You go to Icon Media, you do Wyndham Grand Hotels, you do Beachbody. You know, hey, listen, man, I'm a P90X guy. So I love Beachbody, right? And then cannabis industry now, right? You saw opportunity there, utilize your experience from these communications and you're filling a void in that space. And of course, now you've got the coolest thing ever, right? Which is the Bud Tender Awards, which is now to become mm -hmm. something else, right? Are you changing that? What, the Bud Tender Awards? Yeah. No, well, so the Bud Tender Awards was originally created because when we did all our research for cannabis brands, I noticed something that was really interesting to me, which is this void, if you will, in the space for those who don't know, it's an interesting play because the bud tenders really represent the front line. Marketing and cannabis is so highly regulated and it's a death trap because if you have a great Instagram account and all of a sudden you post something on there that Instagram doesn't like, you're shut down, you're done, you're over. So it's very scary for people to promote or advertise their products on Instagram, Facebook, anything related to Google, all of these bigger media, social media companies, digital companies, they don't like it. They're Most of these are publicly traded companies. They deal with the federal issue. So Bud Tender Awards was our attempt to say, hey, look, everybody wants to be in the good graces of the bud tenders. If you're a brand in the cannabis industry and you're trying to launch a brand, you want the advocacy of those bud tenders who interface with the consumers because that's what it is. You got brands, you got consumers, and the bud tenders are right in the middle. So we said, let's create, and I knew this from Gumchucks when we were trying to get our product into dental offices to get the recommendation of the dentist because that gave us credibility, right? You couldn't just show up to a dental office and go, can I talk to the dentist? I mean, these guys are working rounds like a waiter on a busy night in a restaurant. They don't have time to talk to you, let alone even acknowledge that you're there. Yeah. Same thing with dispensaries and bud tenders. If you walk into a dispensary to start talking about your product, you're going to get kicked out of there right away, right? I mean, it's even, and they got security with guns in most of these places. So it's a little more intimidating than the dental office. But I knew to, I knew that it was the right thing to do to set up a, a platform where we had a neutralized place that everybody came to and you had captured audience where the bud tenders could interface with the brands and ask questions. And it just blew up from there because we knew we had something special because the brands were interested and the bud tenders were interested and they were being taken seriously. And the bud tender awards, we added a whole party to it. The first year we did it, we had Cypress Hill perform. They got a lifetime achievement award. And even those guys, I think, thought they were just getting paid for a corporate gig and that's cool. But they ended up hanging out afterwards for well over an hour. Just they saw the emotion of the room and it was really incredible experience that like I didn't even know was going to be that great. So it was really another one of those moments. It became a big deal. Love that. So that's so now what's coming up? What's the newest, hottest event? Because you got something coming up I and mean, you've done party with Mike Tyson. You've done some big stuff. In this, and it's always kind of LA Vegas. It centers kind of around some entertainment, right? And mm -hmm. talk to about what's next. So the Bud Tender Awards has really grown into itself. We realized very quickly the first year we did it with an expo. The expo is sort of an afterthought, but we have converted the expo to what we now call G4 Live. Okay. So G4 Live is sort of the rebirth of this idea. But we still have the Bud Tender Awards. It's just that now the Bud Tender Awards is the party we throw celebrating the Bud Tenders. And there's a full award show like the Academy Awards or the Grammys. Yeah. It's, a, it's like a red carpet deal with we have Getty Images there. We have press. It's a whole thing that we do. And one thing I did, I failed to mention that's really important for, it's important to me, is the fact that we were the first ever cannabis-related event that MGM Properties had ever allowed on any of their properties. And in yeah. Vegas, on the Strip there, they have 25 properties. So right. MGM is by far the, the big animal on that Strip. But 
moreover, there would never been a cannabis event ever allowed on the strip because you're dealing with federal gaming issues. And not to digress, but the first year we had the Bud Tender Awards, the first day of the show, we were greeted by 18 suits. We knew we were coming, but we didn't know how many there were going to be. And my partner and I had walked out front to greet them, to walk them into the show and, and show them what we were doing. We yeah. were very proud of the fact that we followed all the rules and regulations. Yeah. We had a great agreement with MGM. They trusted us and, you know, through basically had blind faith and saying, okay, we're going to do this. But we had demonstrated we were a professional organization focused on education information. We weren't a weed event. But we're greeted by those 18 suits and we're greeted by Chuck Bowling who's the president and COO of Mandalay Bay. Uh, Jim Murin, the president and CEO of MGM International. I mean, general counsel, their chief compliance officer. I mean, it was quite a deal. (laughs) And then we had guys showing up in the wind. They were all there. So all of that being said, we've now moved. We're at Resorts World now, which is the new monstrosity on the Strip, right down the street from the Wynn. It's the hottest property on the Strip as far as tech goes. It's the most tech-advanced property I've ever seen. I mean, it's it's incredible. And so the G4 Live event that encompasses the Bud Tender Awards is happening now on May 11th through the 14th of 2022. And proud to announce on this show, is if this is the first time I'm saying this out loud to anybody because we just signed our contract today. That we have Snoop Dogg performing, and we've got a couple other special guests that are going to be there with him as well. So we really blend this whole South by Southwest environment with cannabis. And yeah. we kind of feel like someone said once we were the South by Southwest of cannabis. And I said, that's, I love that because we do film screenings, we do entertainment, music, expo, experiential aspects of the whole. Like if you go to the trade show, you can walk around and just step in a photo booth. There's free bars. We serve breakfast, lunch, snacks in between. It's all comped and it's not box salad. It's a really experiential event that we throw and we do it on the Las Vegas Strip and we're the only ones allowed to do that in the cannabis space right now. So it's quite exciting for us. Incredible. So let's talk a little bit about, you're going to talk today about some challenges you face. We've, we've seen all these accomplishments you've made, Keith, and, and it's and staggering to me. It's awesome, right? And it's great to be a friend and hear all these things up close and personal. Likewise. But you tell them, tell me your why. Why do you come on the show, talk to an audience of entrepreneurs of people who want to be elite and talk about the challenges because the people I know, man, no one had this red carpet ride to the top. You know like I mean? There are some knockdowns. There are some punches in the mouth. There are some things that you got to go through. And, you know, I always hear that, Hey, you're going through hell. You got to go through it, <laughs> right? Like you don't go around it. You go through it. So tell me why you come on the show and talk about some of those things. Well, as I heard you saying all that, and I know earlier we were talking about a quote, and I'm not trying to give my quote right now, but I'll say this. You know, I always said if I wrote a business book, the title of that book would be Don't Look Down. And the reason why I say that is because it references something that everybody can relate to is being in that moment where you're a little nervous or scared because you're climbing something, right? It Just don't look down. Just look up. Just keep moving, yeah. right? I understand all too well the challenges of every entrepreneur because I, too, myself have been through those challenges. I've had tremendous failures in the past, so much so that literally has brought me to actual tears, like where it's just like, what am I doing with my life? Comparing myself to others, all the self-doubt, all the things that really make you feel like crap, right? I just know that feeling intimately well. And what I like to say is, is that I'll come on a show like this and talk to people because if you're someone who's going through those challenges or even someone that's been through them that now relates to the other side of the story. The whole idea about the only way you lose is if you quit and you got to keep going and you got to take advice from people that even if it's a mentor for a day, like if there's something I hear you hear me say today, but you don't remember it in a year from now, that's okay. But if there's something I can say, that's going to help someone understand that vision of what it takes to just keep going and don't look down. 
then that serves a purpose that is bigger than me. And I am grateful to have that opportunity because people have done that for me in the past and I know how much it meant. I love that. I might reframe the show, mentor moment, right? Like this is your right. moment. You got a mentor right here <laughs> right. and they're going to guide you through some stuff, man. And it's not going to yeah. be easy, right? But they're right. going to guide you through some challenges of it all. So let's talk a little bit about, for you, let's get into Young Keith before it all okay. starts, right? Let's talk about yep. the most impactful, pivotal moment you had as a kid where you knew you were destined for great things, where you said, hey, listen, something needs to change. This is what I'm headed for. This is what I'm going for. I want to be, I think I've got this in me to do some shows in Hollywood, to build a multi-million dollar brand, to be in 5,000 stores worldwide. I mean, all these things that you've done. At what point was that moment that you said, hey, listen, what was a pivotal moment? Well, it's interesting you asked that question because I hadn't thought of it before like that. And I go back to a moment when I was in ninth grade. No, actually, I'll go back even further. I remember being in second grade, walking home from school, trying not to step in the cracks, you know, playing that game. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I remember seeing this limo drive by me and going, how can I get a limo? And I don't know what a second grader was doing thinking about getting a limo, but I didn't want to walk to school anymore. So that reflecting on that experience, I have this adult version of the memory, right? Yeah. But it's like, when I look back on that memory, it was like, okay, I can go home and get some change and I can buy some gum and I can sell that and I can more than what I paid for and buy some more. And I had this really early concept as a second grader as to how to scale and grow a business, yeah. albeit very elementary. But yeah. I remember that so distinctly. Flash forward to ninth grade, I'm in woodshop class. I'm a freshman in high school and you know, all the fears of being a freshman oh, in high school yeah. and being You're a scrub. Nobody amongst all the everybody, no, right? right. <laughs> yes, of course. But I wanted to surf. And I knew that like I had already learned how to surf a little bit before this and you know, when I was younger. And I asked the, the woodshop teacher if I could make a surfboard as my final project because it had a piece of wood running through the middle of it called a stringer. And he goes, yeah, sure, why not? So I made a surfboard for my final for that. And it was, this is my first semester in, in high school. So I still had, you know, through the winter break and going into spring and all this cool surfers in my school found out I made a board and they're like, Hey dude, cool. You make me a board, you know, what, what's up? So I became this cool kid who was making boards for everybody. Yeah. By the time I graduated high school, I made 300 surfboards. I had a company I had formed called Ripsticks. And yeah. I found something that I love to do. And, and I remember fighting with myself going, well, this is a side thing, you know, college, right. you're programmed as a kid. I just came to terms with the fact that, you know what, I'm not cut from the same cloth as other people and that's okay. And the yeah. fabric in which I was stitched with was more of an entrepreneur who just had these big visionary ideas. Little did I know that you have to reverse engineer those and have some understanding of business and all these things you learn yeah. in the yeah. process. But it, it started for me very early at a very young age where I just knew that that's what gave me passion. That's what gave me excitement. And even now, as I talk to you about it, I'm excited, you know? Well, I thought, first of all, I thought you were going to say rip curl. <laughs> like, I was like, what? <laughs> that was my first yeah. big Wait, success. What? Yeah, I was, I was 16. And then, right. so then I, I love that story. I mean, I'm kind of a little bit of the same way, but I face this all the time. I've judged for the Entrepreneur Organization's Global Student yeah. Entrepreneur Award, right? And there'll be students and, and that mantra, like we are, we're conditioned, right? Through schooling yeah. and everything else. It's like, well, I've got a, you know, $6 million company, but you know, I'm failing chemistry. My mom's pissed. I'm like, hey man, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, buy her a house, bro. Like, you know, like, yeah. like you're going to be okay, right? Like, <laughs> like, 
And I just think, you know, it's funny, yeah. man. Like, I know my bankers never asked for my collegiate anatomy yeah. and physiology lab grades, right? Like, right. they never asked for it. So, all right, let's, let's pivot a little bit to modern day, right? I love the quote from Chris McChesney and Sean Covey. Sean's the president up at Covey International. And they wrote a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. 4DE mm. goes out, you see it a lot. Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Let's talk a bit about your background. What that allowed you to overcome and become one of those 1% in both life, business, entertainment. When you, what, what was a time, Keith, where you were up against it? Losing, down but not out but you found a way to come back and win. Which one of those do I I know you got some things because you've battled a few things in your life, right? You've battled some things in business. You've battled some addiction in your life, like many people have. Shoot, make your choice. I mean, but there's been some things for sure. Well, okay, so I'll go into the addiction part because that really taps into, I feel like with every success story in business, there's a really deep personal story behind it, right? I mean, from my experience, talking with other people, I am sober 17 years as of last July. And you know, it it was, it's a one day at a time deal for me. I have learned so much from my sobriety that I think it's, it's interesting because when I talk about sobriety, I feel like it's something that anybody in the planet could really benefit from. But unfortunately, the way society has framed it is that if you're somebody who's sober, it's like, oh, you're sober. There's some sort of weakness associated with that. Mm. And I won't name drop, but some of the most successful people in the world that are publicly known and not known are some of my brothers, if you will, in the program. And it's like, it's just a room full of winners, in my opinion. And it's Mm. all because we learn, we get these tools, uh, how to be you know, for me, and, and I'll move on to the business side of this in one second, but on a personal side, for me, sobriety isn't about drugs and alcohol. It's about real life skills, like being a better father to mm-hmm. my children, being a better husband to my wife, being a better son to my parents and being of service to others. And that really has given me so much spirit and so much life for somebody that used to be self-seeking and selfish and just interested in what I could get for myself prior. And it's funny because when you make that pivot, it can't be for selfish reasons. It has to be for a whole nother set of things that you know we don't have to dive into on this talk. But it really, when you set yourself to be of service to others, you get so much more from it. And somehow, some way, your higher power, God, whatever you want to call it, its plan comes into play. And you get to be your best self. You get to live your best life, albeit with adversity and with challenges, no question, but you just have a different set of tools to deal with all that without getting, like I deal in a very high stress business on a regular yes. basis. I mean, the cannabis industry is is like the wild west. It really is the gold rush of 1849. And I like to think we're in the services end of things. We're the picks and the tools and the shovels, right? But there's so much shifting sand in that space that on one day, it can seem like the whole world is crashing down. And for whatever reason in my life, I've gained the tools to just not go to reaction. In fact, a big philosophy of mine is to not be reactive, to rather be responsive. Take the time to be thoughtful of a situation and analyze it a little bit more than maybe the average person would. But those are the tools that I have that have given me the ability to come back from adversity in any situation, whether it be personal or professional. And I'm grateful for those tools. I love it. We've talked a little bit about this, but like, I really like this. And when I think about, you know, you described it, I just feel like person who goes out and I'm armed with the tool belt, right? Like I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm to work and like, Hey, we need that's like, boom, tape measure. Boom. Hey, we need to hammer that key. Boom. Hammer. You know, like we go yeah. to the tool belt, but like how many of us as adults get into this age of addiction to something? I don't care if it's food, work, sex, drugs, alcohol. I mean, name, pick your poison. Right. And sure. we look down and we go, Hey, Keith, man, you got any tools? Because 
I ain't got no tools, bro. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm sitting here and I don't, I don't have anything, right? And yeah. so, man, and I leave you and you're my only like lifeline. And like, uh, it turns out you can't be with me 24 seven. Like all of a sudden I'm without tools, right? So how come we're not developing that? How come we're not bringing that along to kids and schools and education? Well, look, I'll make a reference to something you and I personally experienced. We went skeet shooting and I had so much going on in my life on that day prior. And I gotten some messages that morning. It really threw me off. So this yeah. is a real example. Uh, not everything's perfect because you were there. And first round, I was right there with, with our yeah. friend Jeff and five for five. <laughs> you came out, hit seven. I'm like, okay, we're chasing Trent. There's this whole thing. But then all of a sudden I got in my head mm. and, and I had this experience where it was like, man, I just, I was just down and out. And all of a sudden my head started talking to me negatively. And I, what happened? I started missing every shot. I got fifth place out of five guys. I crashed that day. Then we go on to do archery. And I'm not having it. And I'm just sucking yeah. at everything that day. And that's not the nature of who I am because I'm very competitive and I pride myself in being good at things, yeah. right? That was a very humbling experience. But here's what happened that day. And this is why I bring it up. You gave me a look and a pat on the back. And you're like, come on, bro, you got this. You said something to me to that effect. Or you said something about one of the other guys. If you beat that guy, then I'm going to kick your ass. Like if that guy beats you, I'm going to kick your ass. And there was something about the camaraderie between us. And what I'm tapping into is this idea that no matter what you're going through, it's okay to have a bad day. Right but on. more importantly, who are you talking to about it? Because if you don't have other men that you can talk to or women, if you're a woman, like people that you feel comfortable talking with, whether it is a man or a woman, it doesn't matter. If you don't have a resource to go to and just share and just dump it, what do you got? I think that that's a part of why we're not teaching that to people because I feel like there's this attitude amongst men where men don't share their feelings or men don't talk about these sorts of things, toughen up, get up, you know, lick your wounds, get up, you know, fall yeah. off the horse. What do you do? You get back on it. Those all things apply. But the thing that's missing from that is, is that it's a human experience. You got to have people you can talk to about what's really going on with you because there is scientific proof that when you talk about something negative, it diffuses it. However, when you talk about something positive, it influences it. Mm. And, and that's an important tool to have with people. Love that. So let's talk for a moment about where you're, how do you get out when you were younger and you're still developing those tools, right? Mm -hmm. 17 years ago now, like you decide like, and I know this isn't for most addicts, right? For we're just not like, Hey, I'm done with that now. Like, Hey, that was then. This is now like, it's not exactly how it goes. Right. What are the tools you start building? Like what gets you going in momentum to turn it around? What starts drawing where you can take one step, one step more in front of each other where you can start. Hey, I'm walking. I'm not crawling anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm walking. Hey, I might mm -hmm. a little light jog. Right. And I might get going and build my days up. And I've got a good friend going through this right now, man, hit his three-year coin the other day. Like he's moving and he's moving in all the direction all the right way, but he's got to do the deal every day. It's a day by day, but what gets you going from the start to move you? Rebellious infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. If you are a business or organization leader and want expert advice, coaching, and guidance to help you build your team to be the best, then email Trent directly at trent at leadershipity.com or connect with him at Trent M. Clark on LinkedIn.